Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. Before we get started, a quick heads up. This episode talks about video game violence and scary monsters. It's nothing too intense, but if you have small kids, they might not really like it. So if you have little ears around, I'll give you a few seconds to pause. Okay, are they gone? Here we go. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. Monster movies have been around since the earliest days of cinema. Movies like Nosferatu, The Golem, and Phantom of the Opera were some of the biggest hits of the silent film era. But once movies got sound in the late 1920s, these creatures were brought to life with creative and terrifying sound design. That was the roar of King Kong from back in 1933. King Kong's voice was famously made by mixing the growls of lions and tigers. Then what they did was reverse the tape and sprinkled in a few human grunts. Here's our modern recreation. 20 years later, we were introduced to Godzilla, whose iconic roar was made by sliding a leather glove covered in resin across the strings of a double bass. In the early 80s, John Carpenter released the sci-fi horror film The Thing. There's a scene where a group of dogs transform into a weird, goopy, Lovecraftian creature. The shrieking sound it makes was created by combining heavily processed bird calls with pig squeals. The Lord of the Rings movies were full of great monster sounds. One of my favorites was the fire-breathing demon called the Balrog. Sound designers created his menacing rumble by dragging a cinder block across a wooden floor. Finally, when the monsters in a quiet place open their highly tuned ears, that's actually the sound of celery and lettuce being twisted and snapped. Tons of monster sounds are made using creative techniques like these, but other times, especially in video games, they're performed by voice actors who absolutely shred their vocal cords for our entertainment. The amount of energy that goes into a game session is so fantastic. I usually end up with a video game headache at the end of it. That's voice actor D.B. Cooper. I'm usually soaked with sweat and tired. And so the rest of the day is making sure I have a nap or or some other thing, but I don't schedule anything else because I'm just kind of wasted. Now, most of the time, D.B. narrates videos and commercials. You might hear her saying something like this. In this digital age, high-speed internet is not a luxury. It's the conduit that leads to prosperity. But she's also great at coming up with unique characters. I'm kind of the person you come to when you've got screwball stuff. 
DB has voiced all kinds of quirky characters, from a singing dog to an undead warrior to an elderly computer named GrannyBot. Granny's gonna buy a new stick of RAM. But for DB, her favorite days on the job are when she gets to do monster sounds. These types of jobs are a ton of fun, but they're also a lot more work. Compare it to going for a brisk walk to carrying buckets of water up and down a hill for several hours. But the thing about it is that it's your favorite hill and the water is getting you wet so you're never really too hot, but at the end of it, you're exhausted. Compared to typical voice acting, this kind of voice work takes a ton of preparation. For like commercial and corporate stuff, I usually don't warm up at all. But if you're doing a lot of screaming and stuff, it can be pretty important. That's voice actor Michael Schwalbe. Michael also spends a lot of time doing commercials. But it's not the cheesy stuff you might imagine when you think of a stereotypical commercial voice. You know the infomercial? <laughs> Are you tired of doing the? <laughs> There's got to be a better way. That's like what they sounded like 20 years ago. But most of the time nowadays, the buzzwords are believable, conversational, natural, like new at McDonald's. Check out this cool phone app. You can get a great deal on a new food you love. If it's something like a whiskey, then you probably bring it down and get kind of gravelly and start thinking wistfully about your hard life. And we make bourbon for the people, people like you. Just like DB, Michael has some pretty awesome dog impressions in his toolkit. But what Michael really loves is when he gets to create wacky characters. Over time, because I'm a big nerd and a big gamer, I started pivoting and trying to focus more on incorporating more character work into what I do. For example, Michael did every single voice in a game called Slay the Spire. <laughs> Slay the Spire is what's known as a deck-building game. In these games, you build out a deck of virtual cards that have different characters and abilities. If you're familiar with Magic the Gathering or Pokemon cards, it's a lot like that, but in video game form. In Slay the Spire, you use your virtual cards to battle monsters as you climb to the top of a huge tower. Here's Michael as one of the enemies. <laughs> Slay the Spire was a huge success, and it helped Michael get a lot more of this type of work. So after Slay the Spire became the ludicrous hit that it is now, I think it's the number six highest rated game on Steam, which is insane. It was like, oh, I guess I'm accidentally the voice of this genre now. <laughs> Part of the reason that people keep casting Michael is because of his amazing vocal range. This is something he developed as a heavy metal singer. Here's Michael's band Invicta on a track called Never Again. All that metal singing technique and stuff came in real handy when you need a big scary demon. I teach a class called Extreme Vocals for Extreme Roles and it's all based around the way that I approached metal singing, which is how can we take these really distorted, gravelly, raspy sounds and move that stress away from our vocal folds into other parts of our vocal anatomy which can handle the stress but are more robust? Our vocal cords are great at making sound. 
but they're also pretty sensitive. They're really easy to damage if you shout or scream without proper training. So, for instance, if somebody that maybe didn't know what they were doing wanted to be raspy and gritty, they might make a sound like, you're straining, kind of sandpapering your vocal folds against each other. Well, I created a technique on the back of your throat near where the loogie noise might come from. And it sounds like this. So like still raspy and gritty, that doesn't involve my vocal folds at all. So I can do that forever, which is completely safe and will not hurt my voice at all. And so having those techniques in your toolbox is a necessity in order to do those sessions long term without really frying yourself. The toolkit that D.B. Cooper brings to a recording session is a bit more literal. Whenever I do a video game session, I bring a rollerboard suitcase, just a little carry-on bag, because I have gear I always bring. The first thing she packs is a resistance band. Those are the big, stretchy bands that people use for working out and for physical therapy. So the stretchy band gives you the opportunity to struggle against something. But if I've actually got something to pull against, it's going to sound more like... Because I'm pulling. The second thing in her bag is a small dumbbell. The little hand weight is for impact sounds, which require you to have a thud in your diaphragm. You simply put against your solar plexus and press. But there's one more thing that DB says is crucial. Sometimes you need to die a gory death. And that means that you've been shot somewhere that requires you to have blood in your throat. And if you use actual liquid, like I'm going to take a sip of my tea, and you want it to sound like, you know, like you're choking, that's great, except you're really literally going to choke because liquid wants to go down your throat. So instead, DB uses something that's almost a liquid, but not quite, Jello. What Jello does is it gives you the mushy sound without drowning you. So. So that's what it sounds like if you're drowning with jello in your mouth, and the jello stays in your mouth. And it's delicious as well. Jello also comes in handy when she's voicing underwater creatures. In order to get that gurgly sound, I would take a bite of jello and make the sound of something with bubbles under the sea. <laughs> Recently, Michael and DB were paired together for their biggest voice acting challenge yet, creating over 200 distinct creature voices for a game called Monster Train. Like Slay the Spire, Monster Train is also a deck building game where you collect cards and battle creatures. This song comes from its soundtrack. In the game, you play as the demons who are trying to stop the angels from freezing hell over. The game is full of monsters, from cute little imps to demons made of boulders to bird-like angels. And every single one of them was voiced by DB and Michael. Before the recording sessions began, the developers gave them pictures of each character to help inspire their performances. For things that are creature sounds, I need to have printed out pictures. 
when you're looking at the different types of creatures you've got, it affects the planning for how you're going to make those sounds. What am I going to do to my throat? Where does this creature live in my vocal apparatus? And what other things am I going to do in order to make that sound occur? And that includes anything from making my voice higher or making it more raspy in the back of my throat or having a thing that sounds like it's really kind of sloppy. So one of the character types I do in this game are the morsels. And they are little tiny guys that are just a round ball with eyes. And when they show up, they have spawn sounds like things like that, because they're tiny, okay? So that's just simply from looking at them because they are so adorable. Then the imps are another kind of smaller creature, but they have a more rugged personality. And so because they're more rugged, they're gonna maybe have a high voice, but they're gonna have kind of something in it that makes it sound like they're just a little naughty. And so that happens in the back of your throat. For instance, there's an imp called the queen's impling. And so that was a baby imp. And so when we were working on the sound, I said, it's a baby. What do you think it's going to say? So its spawn sound is, mama. That was hilarious. Mama, 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 mama. Once DB and Michael had established a personality for a character, they had to come up with all of the different sounds that creature would make. Coming into battle, attacking, getting hit, like hurt, pain sounds, and then dying sounds. So like four to ten sounds for each of those. For example, there's a character called the Morsel Master, which is basically a giant green slug wrapped in bandages. His coming into play was this big, deep, guttural thing. So like he comes down and then there's this... Because he's entering play, you're scared. Well, then when he attacks, it needs to be sharper and have more intention behind it. So he might do like a... Something like that, like he's swiping at you. So then if he's hurt, he's probably going to be doing more of the pained, screechy stuff. And so you would get more into the like... These sounds are great, but they're still a little too human. They need to go from something like this to something like this. And that's where the sound design comes in. My name is Jordan Chin. I am a composer and sound designer for video games and film. Jordan was the lead sound designer on Monster Train, and he also composed the game's soundtrack. It's his job to transform D.B. and Michael's original takes into the final sounds you hear in the game. So how does he do it? That's coming up after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Congratulations to Tom Edwards for getting last episode's mystery sound right. 
That's the sound of a hockey puck hitting the metal goalpost. As Tom described it, that sound is a goalie's best friend. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that is, tell us your answer by visiting the web address mystery.20k.org. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our super soft 20k t-shirts that's guaranteed to make all of your friends jealous. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. D.B. Cooper and Michael Schwalbe have been performing creature voices for many years. <coughs> Excuse me. D.B. Cooper and Michael Schwalbe have been performing creature voices for many years. They're the people you go to when you want the sound of a screeching banshee or a cute little critter. Recently, D.B. and Michael created the voices for over 200 creatures for a game called Monster Train. But they didn't do it alone. The sounds they recorded went through a whole bunch of processing before they made it into the game. And the person behind all of that creative sound design was Jordan Chin. We were almost thinking of it kind of like Pokemon, where there's a collector aspect to it, and people have their favorites, and they like to build decks with their favorites. And so this was special for me because of the amount of care that went into each of these creatures. It wasn't just making sounds for a game. It was really like trying to bring this thing to life. To get the material that he needs, Jordan gives the actors direction while they record. For instance, DB voiced a character called the Fledgling Imp. Basically, the direction we gave her was, this imp is up to no good. So he is kind of mischievous and a little devious, but somehow also very charming. That's just the raw voiceover take. Jordan might go through 10 or 20 takes for every vocalization. Once he finds one that he likes, then the sound design begins. For this one, I really just wanted to make sure I got the voice right. So I took that raw recording and 
I pitched it up a whole step and some EQ and compression and some other things just to kind of make it sound a little bit more devious. This is what that sounds like. From there, I added some secondary ancillary creature noises, little kind of chittering sounds. This is where the animal recordings from my own library and other things really came into play. And it sounds like this. I wanted to have his tummy growling. I just figured that he's hungry all the time. The last piece that I added was actual wing sounds. The imps have these tiny little wings on them and they're kind of chonky. So like I was imagining that they would have to flap really, really fast just to stay afloat. When all of those pieces come together, you get this. The fledgling imp is what you might call voice-centered character design. DB's voice is still the centerpiece, but with some extra sonic spice. However, there's another approach that Jordan used where the human voice is just one texture among many. So there is a creature called the Morsel Maker, which is kind of this ghostly figure. And we wanted him to have these kind of breathy, eerie, inhaling kind of noises. Rather than try and explain it or perform it for them, we just said, think of the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. Or like the Dementors from Harry Potter. just to kind of get your head in that space. This is the take that DB did after we gave her the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings references. That's just kind of a ghostly inhaling kind of sound. The next step was to make it sound less like a human. So I applied some creative effects, chorus and phasers and some delays and echoes to make it sound a little bit more ethereal. And then I just stacked a whole bunch of her takes. I think even some takes from Michael as well, who had given us some similar material to just give the impression that there was kind of an army of voices inside of this thing. So that sounds like this. That was an example of something where there isn't really any one single voice at the center of this whole thing. It's kind of more of an effect, like a texture. And really, these two mindsets, the voice-centric and the textural effect-based sound design, was what carried me through most of this game. One of the most detailed voices in Monster Train belongs to the game's final boss, whose name is Seraph. This was one of Michael's characters. Seraph was a combination of exhaled false chord grunts, like a with those really screechy inhaled highs for the bird-like The thing about the angels in this game is they're all bird-like creatures, so lots of squawking and lots of screeching and (laughs) just very shrill taxing sounds to make. And so when he came into play, he had this just huge, fierce, like I was going for like an eagle or a hawk. Seraph goes back to that first approach of voice-centric. I had these really awesome takes and I just wanted to highlight them. The first thing I did was I created a clone, like a double of the exact same take, and I pitched the second one down. Then he played both versions at once. Already it sounds less like a person making it. 
The next thing we added was just a lot of effects, saturating the signal, widening it so that if you wear headphones, you'll hear that it's hitting in the left and the right a little differently. And that's just because Seraph is such a big guy. And that sounds like this. The rest of it was just adding ancillary stuff. So he's got these big wings, which we have here. And I put some echoes on those to make it sound like there were more of them, because there are six wings. This was the final boss, so I just kept adding and adding, and it was tough to draw the line there, but I really wanted to have some kind of evil murmuring. And all of that together sounds like this. While the creatures in Monster Train are rooted in human voices, it's also common for sound designers to manipulate animal sounds. A good example would be the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. That's the monster that Luke Skywalker has to fight in the pit of Jabba the Hutt's palace. The Rancor's growls came from a feisty wiener dog pitched way down. In How to Train Your Dragon, the sounds of tigers, horses, and elephants were all used for the dragon named Toothless. With all of the incredible sounds that animals make, it's no wonder why sound designers rely on them so often. But there are advantages to using humans. What was really valuable, I think, from having the voice actors was they brought their own kind of creativity to the lore. And so, you know, I could have worked with my alligator recording or something like that and turned it into a monster, probably would have worked just fine. But when we gave the same prompt to our voice actors, they were asking like, where does this person come from? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? And they were just able to do all this weird stuff that I would never be able to find in (laughs) animal recordings of or get my dog to record or anything like that. But while Jordan generally likes working with people, he did manage to fit his dog Henley into Monster Train. Henley's the voice of Bone Dog, a rare and valuable card. But Henley wasn't always the best at taking direction. I could not get him to record on the fly. Dogs are much harder to work with than humans. But Henley disagrees. That's Henley the dog. He's a voice actor in his own right, and he has a pretty impressive range. Who's a good voice actor? Henley says that success in voice acting is 10% talent and 90% having a best friend who's a sound designer. Henley's background gives him a pretty unique perspective into the world of creature sounds. But whether it's a human sound designer or a canine voice actor, everyone is ultimately trying to reach the same goal. And that's to make a great game. Voice actors are in service to the player. We want your experience to be grand and rich, saturated with meaning, and we want it to engender affection between you and the character and you and the game, you and your experience. The people who are behind the audio experience, they're storytellers. We enjoy understanding how we can help deliver the story, whether it's on a conscious level or not, by the time you actually hear it. 
a lot of people have said if you don't hear or if you don't notice the audio, then they've done a good job because it shouldn't take you out of the experience. Storytelling works when the storyteller is invested. So for all of the sweat and screaming and emotion and all of those things, it never leaves my mind that I am in service to you, the player. That's my job. My job is to make your gaming experience wonderful. Twenty Thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced by the people at DeFacto Sound. To hear what we do outside of this podcast, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram. This episode was written and produced by Andrew Anderson and Casey Emerling, with help from Sam Reinbold. It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan and Jai Berger, with original music by Wesley Slover. Thanks to our guests, D.B. Cooper, Michael Schwalbe, and Jordan Chen. And special thanks to Jordan for letting us play a song from Monster Train's epic soundtrack. You can find the soundtrack and the game over on Steam. If you'd like to keep up with what we're doing between episodes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on our subreddit, r 20 k But the best way to keep up with us is by signing up for our newsletter. Over on our newsletter, we aren't beholden to any social media algorithms. So when we send you something, you actually get it. In each newsletter, you'll get a nice recap of our most recent episode, 20,000 Hertz news, sponsor codes, and absolutely no spam. To sign up, visit 20k.org newsletter, or click the link in the show description. Thanks for listening. Thank you.